Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie Clementine. Today is Thursday, July 27, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. On to the weather side of things. Riverside is bracing for yet another scorcher, with the high expected to reach 104.2 degrees and a low of 77.5. Stay hydrated, folks. Now let's delve into the stories we have on the docket today. We'll be discussing the Federal Reserve's decision to raise interest rates to manage inflation, which has implications not just domestically, but globally. Meanwhile, South Africa grapples with a cost-of-living crisis, a situation we're keeping a close eye on. In tech news, we'll look at the EU antitrust regulators' probe into Microsoft over an alleged tying of Teams and Office products. This investigation adds to the tech giant's growing list of legal hurdles. And finally, in the entertainment industry, Japanese pop idol Shinjiro Atai is breaking barriers and setting precedents by coming out as gay, a significant stride towards LGBTQ plus acceptance in Japan. Stay with us as we dive deeper into these stories on Alex's News. Welcome to the News Hour. Our top story today is the recent announcement by the Federal Reserve that they are raising interest rates by a quarter percentage point. Elias, this move by the Federal Reserve has quite a few implications. Can you walk us through why they've done this? Absolutely, Connie. This rate hike marks a return to what seems to be a steady upward trajectory in rates that we've been observing over the past year. Now it's important to remember that their aim isn't to hurt the economy, but to combat inflation and achieve a soft landing. Essentially, the Fed wants to slow the economy down just enough to bring inflation to its target rate of 2%, without causing a recession. They're playing a careful balancing act. So this is a calculated move. Can we interpret this as a sign of confidence from the Federal Reserve that the economy is moving in the right direction? Yes and no, Connie. While the move does indicate an element of confidence, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell also emphasized that exercising caution is crucial. The central bank doesn't want overreach or do too little to manage inflation and its impact on the economy. They will continue to rely on economic data to guide their decisions. Interesting, Elias. Now, let's turn our attention to South Africa, where it seems they are dealing with their own financial obstacles. Can you elaborate on this cost-of-living crisis and its consequences? Of course, Connie. There's a combination of factors at play here. The high cost of living, coupled with socioeconomic challenges like inequality and unemployment, has resulted in a difficult economic climate. The situation is further compounded because South Africa relies heavily on imports for key agricultural products. The country is quite vulnerable to global commodity price fluctuations, which have been on the rise. The result spiraling inflation. You mentioned inflation, Elias. This is quite a challenge for households in South Africa, isn't it? Absolutely, Connie. It's hitting low-income households hardest since they spend a larger proportion of their budget on food and non-alcoholic beverages. The effects of inflation, therefore, cut deeper for them, with major implications for food security and their overall well-being in the long term. What can we expect from the South Africa Reserve Bank in managing this crisis? Well, Connie, they've noted that it's too early to relax the country's monetary policy, 
despite some reduction in inflation recently. As with the Federal Reserve, the South African Reserve Bank is struggling to find that balance of stabilizing prices to protect low-income households and stimulating economic growth in the face of existing structural constraints. To sum it all up, both the Federal Reserve and South Africa seem to be trying to navigate the challenge of managing inflation while considering their impact on the economy and individuals, right? That's right, Connie. The balancing act of managing inflation and its impacts is one felt on a global scale, and these decisions reach far beyond rate percentages and fiscal policies. This is a pivotal moment for global economies, and the implications are sure to be felt for some time to come. Thank you, Elias, for that comprehensive breakdown. We'll keep an eye on how these situations unfold. Stay with us. Up next, we discuss story two of three. Please stay tuned. Moving on to our second story of the day. It appears that tech giant Microsoft is under the microscope again, facing a series of challenges both in Europe and on the global stage. EU antitrust regulators are reportedly gearing up to investigate the company over its bundling practices. Grace, you've been closely following the situation. Can you shed some light on the details of this issue? Certainly, Connie. The main concern is that Microsoft may be using anti-competitive practices by tying its teams and office products. By bundling, we mean selling two or more goods or services as a package. Critics argue that such practices might be giving Microsoft an unfair market advantage. So this is not just about Microsoft, but about big tech dominance in general, right? And this isn't the first time Microsoft has faced this kind of scrutiny, right? You're correct. Microsoft, which along with Amazon's Oz dominates the cloud infrastructure services, has faced similar allegations in the past, including in Germany. The company is concurrently grappling with multiple other issues. Notably, the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger has caught regulators' attention due to its potential to impact gaming industry competition. Given this context, what are the implications this investigation could have on Microsoft and the tech industry? Well, Connie, this could go a few ways. If the investigation concludes that Microsoft is indeed engaging in anti-competitive behavior, it could face severe fines and be forced to change these practices. Beyond Microsoft, this might also spark similar investigations into tying practices by other big tech companies. Now, Grace, this is not the only challenge that Microsoft is dealing with at the moment. There seems to be some financial troubles at play here as well. Yes, that's another important piece of this puzzle. In its most recent earnings report, Microsoft showed slowing growth in some key sectors, namely its Azure Cloud and Windows PC businesses. This led to a drop in shares. The company is still trying to navigate these financial hurdles while also dealing with the scrutiny surrounding its move into the AI field and its high valuation. And to complicate matters even further for Microsoft, the company also has been dealing with a series of legal battles and privacy concerns. Yes, Connie. From litigation about DDoS attacks, privacy issues surrounding its AI project, ChatGPT, and copyright concerns with Copilot, to a stolen Microsoft key compromising U.S. government email inboxes, it seems like there's no shortage of concerns for the tech giant to address. What about the recent updates to Microsoft's products and services? As our viewers might remember, following the pressure from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, Microsoft decided to offer cloud security logs to clients for free. It also announced developments in Azure Container Apps, which is part of Microsoft's push to make it easier for companies to create, deploy, and scale apps in the cloud. 
It seems Microsoft will indeed have a busy schedule dealing with all these issues. Thank you for the detailed report, Grace. It's always a pleasure, Connie. Moving on to our third story of the day, we turn our attention to Japan where Shinjiro Atai, a prominent figure in the Japanese pop scene, has made headlines. During a fan event in Tokyo, Atai publicly disclosed his sexual orientation, becoming the first entertainer of his stature in the country to do so. Joining us to delve into the specifics is our specialist correspondent Ethan. Thanks Connie. Yes, this is a significant moment not just for Atai, but also for Japan's entertainment industry and potentially for its LGBTQ community. During a fan event that was attended by approximately 2,000 fans, Atai announced, I am a gay man. His revelation, which is viewed as courageous given Japan's conservative stance on sexuality, has been met with largely positive reactions on social media. Well, it certainly takes a lot of courage to take such a step in the public eye. But help us understand, Ethan, why is this announcement somewhat of a groundbreaker in Japan? That stems from Japan's rather conservative stance on sexual orientation, Connie. Same-sex unions and civil unions are still not recognized legally in Japan. However, a recent poll showcased a gradual shift in public sentiment, suggesting that around 64% of respondents believe same-sex marriage should be acknowledged. Interesting. What potential impact could Ate's public coming out have on this ongoing shift in public opinion? Well, Connie, visibility is key to affecting change. In a society where LGBTQ performers often suppress discussions about their sexuality, Atai's frankness could induce a greater acceptance of gay people in Japan. By sharing his truth, he hopes not merely to comfort those grappling with their own sexuality but also to establish that being gay in Japan is normal. Aside from his candid revelation, are there any additional steps Ate is taking for the LGBTQ plus community? Yes, definitely, Connie. During the fan event, Atae premiered a new song titled, Into the Light, and part of the proceeds from this song will go towards LGBTQ plus organizations, clearly demonstrating his commitment to this cause. That absolutely speaks to his dedication. And on a broader scale, how is progress on LGBTQ plus rights coming along in Japan? There's a long way to go, Connie. Japan is the only G7 nation without anti-discrimination laws or legalized same-sex marriage. However, organizations such as Stonewall are urging for changes. During the recent Pride 7 summit, these organizations called for LGBTQ plus equality to be discussed in the G7 leaders meeting. They're also advocating for the government's support on multiple fronts, such as access to IVF, mental health, conversion therapy, and disability inclusion. And building on Atai's announcement, what can this mean for representation and visibility for the Asian and Pacific Islander music stars and their fans? Atai's bravery in being one of the first renowned Asian and Pacific Islander stars to come out publicly could potentially influence millions. He intends his story to be a source of comfort and to foster inclusivity in Japan. And I understand there's more to come from Shinjiro Atai? Indeed, his journey continues. He's currently working on a documentary about his life in collaboration with Academy Award-winning producers Peter Farrelly and Fisher Stevens. The documentary aspires to present an in-depth look into his experiences and emphasize the importance of authenticity and acceptance. A truly remarkable story indeed. Thank you, Ethan, for providing such detailed insights. It's been a pleasure, Connie. That's all we have for now. 
Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo 11 Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.